A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with me on the program today. We are going to be talking about a uh, a phenomenon that we are seeing around the country. The rise of the reluctant gun owner. Yes, we'll get to that in uh, just a moment or two. Plus, we've got a uh, armed citizen story for you today, our recidivist report, and our good deed of the day. Yes, it is possible still to find uh, people doing good in this world. We'll get to those stories a little bit later on. Before we uh, get started with our main topic, however, let's talk about this for just a second. Joe Biden's America, it is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today... Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin, so don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And, uh, yeah, you know, something, uh, another phenomenon that we are seeing around the country, as I mentioned, the rise of the reluctant gun owners. So I was at dinner last night. My wife and I went to a uh, a tasting dinner down in Farmville, and uh, it was a lot of fun, had a good time, but, you know, we're sitting at a big table, uh, and there was another couple that joined us, never met them before, we were chatting, very nice couple, uh, actually, you know, found out we both lived in Oklahoma at various times, and um, start, you know, doing the whole, so what do you do for a living thing, and I explain what I do for a living, and uh, the husband looks at me and he says, all right, he says, listen, I don't want to get political, but I have to ask, what do you say to somebody who thinks that we would have been better off not enshrining the right to keep and bear arms in the Constitution, but who acknowledges that we have enshrined this right, and it does mean what it says. How how would you approach somebody like that? And I jokingly said, well, I wouldn't have dinner with them, that's for sure. And I, I, I sat back down. I said, you know, listen, where you and I would at least find common ground, I said, well, let me ask you this. Let me answer your question with another question. So, you don't think you think the country would be better off if we, you know, never embraced the right to keep and bear arms. So we didn't have four hundred million firearms. We didn't have this tradition and history of private gun ownership. But what do you think should happen now? Because we do live in a country where the right to keep and bear arms exists. We do live in a country in which there are four hundred million privately owned firearms, well over a hundred million uh, Americans who are exercising that right. So what do you think should be done? And he said, well, he said, I think you've got to go after the culture, right? He said, I'm not, I, I don't think these gun laws are going to do much. I think you have to, you know, develop a culture responsible gun ownership. And so I said, well, you know what? You and I may disagree about the importance of the right to keep and bear arms uh, and, and our pleasure or displeasure of the fact that it exists. But I think you and I are generally on the same page when it comes to fighting crime, reducing suicide producing injuries, either intentional or uh, accidental with firearms. Again, it's about developing that culture of responsible gun ownership, which led it to a uh, really fascinating conversation. It was, it was, a, it was a good time uh, and a good conversation. 
uh, kind of challenged my point of view a little bit, challenged his point of view a little bit, but we were able to come up with, I think, a, a number of areas of, of common ground. And so I was thinking about this this morning. I, I ran across this uh, story. It was over the weekend in the Sun Sentinel newspaper down in uh, South Florida. We don't feel safe. As anti-Semitism threat rises, South Florida's Jews arm themselves. And I want you to take a look at the, the very beginning of this story. To be honest with you, I hate guns. Peter, age 76, shouted over the sound of gunshots Saturday afternoon as his wife took aim at a targeted gun world in Deerfield Beach. But it's better us than someone else. The Jewish couple had arrived for their intro to handgun lessons with Florida firearms training around noon. Peter, who asked to keep his last name private for safety reasons, had shot a rifle decades ago. His wife had never shot a gun before. By the end of the day, they would be returning home with one. So would Justine Youngelson, age 58, and Sandy Lazar, 65, a South African Jewish couple from Lauderdale by the Sea, and Jackie Rubin, age 64, a former Orthodox Jew who converted to Christianity, who wore a t-shirt with a giant heart on it, and described herself as a very peaceful person. These are all people who were showing up at the gun range on Saturday. Uh, as the Sun Center went on to uh, describe, the students are not gun nuts, even necessarily conservative. Many know little to nothing about guns. Uh, these are people who have never thought about buying a gun. They're now saying, I need a gun, said uh, one person who works for Gun World. It's all for the same reason. There's that concern of, can something happen here? Can something happen to my family? I need to have a way of defending my family and my home. It's sad, but that's where we're at. And these are, again, are the reluctant gun owners. I don't know if the uh, gentleman who I uh, had the conversation with last night, I don't think he is a gun owner. But I don't think he is opposed to personal gun ownership, even, again, for himself, if he felt like, you know what, I, I need to protect myself and my family. I don't think he, he believes that it, things have uh, devolved to the point where uh, he needs a gun. So I don't think he's a gun owner actively. But clearly, a lot of Americans, again, particularly Jewish Americans, are changing their mind. And we are seeing, you know, last month, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, uh, the uh, gun sales in this country, about 8.6% higher than in October of last year. It's the third highest October on record. And I think there are a couple of things that may have prompted this. You need to look at these state-specific numbers, but uh, Maine... Obviously, we saw a lot of people buying guns as this uh, killer was out on the loose. There were people who, again, wanted to be able to protect themselves and their families, right? And then after Hamas uh, conducts this, you know, widespread terror attack on Israel, and we're seeing a reported rise in anti-Semitic uh, incidents here at home, again, that has prompted people who never would have owned a gun before, never thought about owning a gun, people who might be in favor of all kinds of gun control laws saying, you know what? I don't feel safe anymore. And so even though I may be loath to do this, I am, however reluctantly, embracing my right to keep and bear arms, and I am going to exercise that right so that I can, again, protect myself and protect my family. Um, I'll link the uh, Sun Sentinel story uh, in our report at uh, Bearing Arms, but this is fascinating, and it's a really in-depth report, so I'd encourage you to check it out. Um, a couple of the uh, 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 comments um, that I was really struck by, there was a uh, firearms instructor, uh, Will Ferrugia. I, I mentioned uh, him earlier. He said, uh, in an average week, 
Um, Florida Firearms Training sees about 40 students in its intro class. He says now they're looking at 80 to 90 students in their class. And by the way, keep in mind, this is Florida, right? So Florida is now permitless carry. You don't have to have a license to carry a firearm. You don't have to go through a government-mandated training class. It's always a good idea to get training. Uh, I don't think you should carry a gun unless you feel comfortable and competent uh, in using that firearm. And we, again, are seeing this increase, massive increase, in terms of individuals who want to get this training. Ferugia said there's definitely a blip on the graph, a huge blip of just an influx of new shooters, of which I would say 50 to 60% are Jewish. Uh, On Saturday, the Sun Sentinel report, students spoke of their dislike for guns at the same time as they prepared to buy them, their own shooting targets in their hands. Uh, Lazar said she still thinks guns are bad, and she doesn't think she should have them while driving around or in the supermarket, an opinion that did not change Saturday. She's the neurotic one, Lazar said, pointing to uh, her spouse, Youngleston. It was Youngleston's idea to buy the gun, and Youngleston said it was she was going to do just that, but Lazar needed to know how to use it if it was going to be in the house. Youngleston said, uh, quote, this is not what you think you'll be doing at 58. You know, that may very well be the case. Um, but I am glad that she is at least open-minded enough to recognize the changing reality of the world in which we live and has decided to, you know, adapt her own thinking to include uh, exercising her right to keep and bear arms. Sun Sentinel reports that by the end of the class on Saturday, some students described a sense of empowerment mixed into their fear and aversion to guns. Peter, the 76-year-old who had shot a rifle decades ago, said, that's good, honey. As his wife hesitantly lifted her paper target, the bullet holes a bit off from the center, but still very much within the silhouette. Don't worry, he said, you'd stop them. Each time Ruben finished her turn shooting, she was so nervous that her hand shook. But as class did an end, she appeared more determined. I think I know what I want, she said, walking over to where some of the other students were sitting, repeating it out loud as she scrawled it on the back of her target. A Smith & Wesson, 9mm. The 64-year-old says her friends think she's crazy for buying a gun, but her Jewish family doesn't. And even though she no longer practices the religion, Ruben said she is still a Jew, she doesn't know what's coming next, and she wants to protect herself. I've seen the way the world is changing, she explained, and I need to change with the world. Again, I think that's a very enlightened point of view. I hate, I I do, I hate the fact that people are embracing their right to keep their arms because they feel unsafe, because they are concerned for their personal safety. I wish that that wasn't the case. I would love it if people were, you know, embracing their Second Amendment rights because they just decided, you know what, I I really like competitive shooting. I love going plinking. I'm not really worried about self-defense. Unfortunately, that is not the world that we live in. And while most of us will never be the victim of a violent crime, we don't get to pick and choose who is. We don't get to decide whether or not it's going to be our home that's targeted in the dark of night by a home invader, or we're going to be uh, carjacked at a red light, or, again, we're going to be the, uh, the victim of a terror attack. Uh, targeted because of our religion uh, or our creed or our uh, skin color or anything like that. We don't get to choose whether or not we are the targets of somebody's violent intent. 
What we get to choose is how we respond. And again, we are seeing a noticeable rise in reluctant gun owners. Those folks who didn't grow up in a gun owning household, didn't grow up treasuring the right to keep him arms, seeing this as a sacrosanct right that deserves protection. Many of these folks may have spent their lives either quietly supporting gun control efforts, certainly voting for politicians who would uh, implement gun control efforts, and never really thinking about when or where they would decide, you know what, I need a firearm. And that's what this is about. This isn't necessarily about wanting a gun. This is about needing a firearm in order to feel safe and protected. And again, I wish this wasn't the world that we lived in. I think that we should all walk with love in our hearts and a gun on our side. Sadly, a lot of people forget that first part. And it's because of that that I am heartened to see, however reluctantly, uh, these Americans starting to appreciate their right to keep and bear arms as they exercise that right for the very first time. Now, let's turn our attention to the armed citizen story, uh, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there with a case out of California. A teen on juvenile probation arrested in Windsor, California, after a vehicle pursuit and a firearm recovery. So we have a 15-year-old who is already on Sonoma County juvenile probation who was arrested on uh, Halloween following a vehicle pursuit. The uh, chase concluded with his arrest as confirmed by the Windsor Police Department. Uh, According to uh, local media, there were uh, reports of a vehicle that was driving dangerously near the uh, high school in Windsor, California. Uh, Led the Windsor police to a stolen white Kia Soul. The uh, pursuit went through, uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the name of this town, uh, Cotati and Santa Rosa, uh, with a deputy ultimately using a uh, a pursuit intervention technique to stop the vehicle. Uh, After the car was disabled, the suspect then starts fleeing on foot. The uh, driver arrested by an arresting deputy. Uh, During that arrest, the juvenile resisted forcefully and uh, kicking and pushing the officer. According to uh, news reports, the officer found a loaded 9mm pistol, serial number removed, uh, in the suspect's backpack. Now, we don't know what this individual was on juvenile probation for at this point in time. But again, here is a 15-year-old who has already been adjudicated at least once in California's criminal justice system with really nothing to show for it. And this is a commonality, particularly when it comes to juvenile crime, all around the country. You know, the goal of juvenile crime, again, it's supposed to be rehabilitation. But I don't think we're doing a very good job of that. We're not doing a very good job of incarcerating them either. Uh, Really, we seem to have this catch-and-release system, a broken system where we uh, catch these youthful offenders, don't do it again, we uh, wag our finger in their face, we send them back home, and then when they get arrested with another charge with another crime... We keep wagging that finger. You know, there was just this case in Washington, D.C. of a, uh, I believe, 15-year-old girl. She might have been 16, but I think she was 15. Seven arrests for carjacking. How does that happen? I I mean, after the, (laughs) to me, even after the first arrest for carjacking, you say, no, 
No, no, no. Um, yes, you're innocent until proven guilty, but we are concerned about uh, uh, this road that you're going down, so maybe we're going to hold you until your case goes to trial. Certainly by the time we get to the second, third, fourth arrest for these charges, yeah, some serious intervention is needed. Clearly, the parents aren't providing the type of stable home life or are unable to control their teenager at that point, but at, at, at some point, you do have to have that intervention. We're not getting it. Again, either from a rehabilitation standpoint or from a just, we got to remove you from society for a little bit while uh, we figure out what to do with you. Nope. Again, it's just catch and release, return them to the streets time and again. And it doesn't matter if the crimes get increasingly serious. As long as they're underage, chances are nothing's going to happen. Today's uh, armed citizen story from Philadelphia, where a uh, would-be robber fatally shot at a uh, pizza shop in the uh, Frankfurt neighborhood of Philadelphia. This was uh, over the weekend, according to authorities. Uh, it happened at George's Famous Pizza. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, about 8 p.m. Saturday night, two men entered the store, hooded sweatshirts, masks. One of them armed with a handgun, fired his weapon, then tried to go behind the counter. According to the Philadelphia police, a store employee, quote, began shooting in self-defense. The unidentified robber shot multiple times, pronounced dead at 8.30 p.m. The person who was with him, second suspect, reportedly fled on foot and has not been identified. Thankfully, no employees or customers were injured in the incident. And again, the armed robber shot first here. So this is a about as clear-cut case of self-defense as you could possibly find. Yes, you have a justifiable fear of death or great bodily injury when somebody is shooting at you. And so this employee had every right to fire back in self-defense. Um, again, no word on the uh, 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 owner of that firearm, but uh, not expected to face any charges. Hopefully, again, that second suspect is uh, apprehended here in the uh, very near future. And finally today, our good deed of the day, in southwest Florida, there was a... Uh, well, uh, yeah, there was a Grinch who uh, swiped about $2,500 worth of toys from Toys for Tots. Yeah, who does that? Now, thankfully, uh, there was a, a gentleman in the area who uh, heard what happened. So this was last Thursday. Um, I guess last week, a couple of days, uh, maybe the last Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, thousands of dollars worth of toys stolen from the Brownsville School in DeSoto County. Uh, the DeSoto County Sheriff's Office posted something on their Facebook page. Uh, I guess the uh, theft was actually uh, last Saturday, so a little bit more than a week ago. Um, the uh, One of the organizers of the uh, Toys for Tots drive uh, said, I just couldn't believe somebody would actually do this. You hear Toys for Tots, you don't hear anything like this. You really don't. You hear, hey, where can I drop a toy off? You don't hear somebody breaking into the building to take their toys. There were 600 kids who had signed up for this program. Um, the toys about, worth about $2,500. And again, on the uh, Sheriff's Facebook page, there were a lot of folks asking, you know, what, what can we do? How can we help? Um, a gentleman named John Licker said he didn't want the fanfare. He just wanted to help. So he cut a check covering the entire cost of the lost toys. Yeah. Talk about being in the right place at the right time, being able to uh, do the right thing. Uh, John Licker, you may not have wanted the fanfare, but uh, you know what? You're going to get a little bit 
uh, here on Cam and Company for making sure that, again, hundreds of kids in uh, DeSoto, Florida, do have the opportunity to open up at least a small something on uh, Christmas morning. So, John, thank you once again for your very, very good deed. And whoever stole those toys, man... I hope you get what's coming to you at some point. Now, that's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. Looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. We'll probably be talking about the Rahimi case oral arguments uh, held in the uh, Supreme Court on Tuesday uh, regarding this case. And, uh, yeah, you know, as we've talked about before, Zachary Rahimi, not exactly a poster child for the Second Amendment, but the danger and concern is that the Supreme Court is going to... uh, Give gun control advocates and anti-gun politicians a, uh, an open door to infringe on a right to keep and bear arms without a conviction, without an adjudication, just through a simple civil order. Uh, and that is one of the things that's at stake here. So we'll talk about that uh, on Tuesday's Cam and Company. Be sure to check out BarionArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member as well. All you have to do, go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. And I kept talking. So I guess maybe now i got to do this again. Here, we'll just fire the music once again. <laughs> oh, it's a Monday all over. Anyway, once you uh, subscribe and you become a VIP or VIP Gold member, not only will you get that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you're supporting the independent pro segment of journalism that we're doing at Bearing Arms, but we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter, because your support matters. So thank you again. All right. Let's try to do this one more time. It's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Comedy. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.